We all need a shot of encouragement to keep us going. A new beginning with Greg Laurie is sure to help in your journey of faith. Hear it twice daily. Details at vision.org.au. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. There's so many reasons why homelessness happens. And when you are in a desperate situation, you lose hope very, very quickly. And then when you find out that you're getting turned away from shelters, wow, what do you do then? You then start looking for cardboard. Your brain starts looking for things that keep you warm. Now that they've got a backpack bed, they go, that's one stress I don't have to worry about looking for cardboard tonight. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, one Sunday during praise and worship at his church, Tony Clark got a brilliant idea for how he could help people who are homeless. And his idea has gone on to provide practical help and dignity to thousands of homeless people. Tony is the founder and CEO of Backpack Bed for Homeless. And today he'll share the story behind his innovative invention and why he's so passionate to help others who are less fortunate. Tony's having a chat with Shelley Scowan. Tony, I take it you enjoy camping? I don't know. Where did you get this idea for making this genius invention, this backpack bed? Well, thank you, Shelley. Uh, the backpack bed, the idea came from, well, it's a lesson for everybody. Don't phase out in church. <laughs> I was uh, sitting in church uh, during praise and worship and the idea just popped into my head. Wow. And the words I said uh, when it did, was, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Turns out, <laughs> turns out it was uh, now spread to seven countries and uh, created a bit of a monster. Yeah, well, it's a good monster though because it's just having such a great impact amongst homeless people. Um, can you explain to us what the backpack bed actually is? Sure, the backpack bed is an all-weather protection bed. It's an outdoor shelter. It looks like a backpack functions as a backpack, ergonomic as a backpack, it has pockets and secret lockable pockets in there as a key lock as well, but it rolls out into an outdoor shelter which has a built-in bed, has three mosquito mesh windows, even has a little loop in there so you can put a light on the inside and with that it enables the person to be warm, dry and importantly have dignity. And as part of the backpack bed, core to that is a lot of the technologies that, that are involved in that. We had to basically revolutionise the whole idea of the materials to be used. How would I want to be treated? That was the ethos. If I had to give it to Jesus Christ himself, what would I do? So I looked at other technologies. I looked at the traditional canvas stuff, but that's used in the old pirate ship days. So long story short, we had to basically invent new technologies. So we came up with a new fabric called Lytrex, which is waterproof, fire-retarded, chemically safe enough for kindergarten kids to suck on, actually. It's a, it's a European standard. Wow. And uh, it's mildew-resistant. So... You know, it's important for the fabric to function to make the uh, the user more comfortable and uh, safety and dry and waterproof. Those are the critical factors to keep people alive. So that is really where the magic is, having this amazing invention. How long did it take you to develop this product? Uh, we still actually have the uh, the pieces of paper where we made our own little mock-ups um, 
they're the size of, you know, 15 centimetres. And we designed it and we said, oh, yeah, look, we might have to make the backpack a bit better. So we made these little mock-ups out of paper um, <laughs> and uh, they look strange, but we still have them. That's cool. Uh, it just took us, um, I don't know, really, it took an afternoon. And uh, that was just the initial shape. But then, of course, we had to then do the finer details. Yeah. Um, but from the original one that first came out, it's pretty much looking the exact same, the same concepts there, just some little tweaks there of measurements. Did you come from a background that uh, you've done anything like this in the past? No, no. So it's completely new? Completely new. Sort of jumped out of the boat and started walking on water. Wow. And you've gone on to win a swag, if you pardon the pun, a, a swag of awards all around the world for the amazing design of it. Uh, thank you. The... It's, it's won seven international product design awards. Um, it's been acquired by four international museums, uh, Sydney Powerhouse. Uh, it's in the world's largest contemporary design museum in Germany. It's in Como, Italy. Um, it's in Paris. Uh, it's four museums. It's the, the international world loves it, and they, they all know that there's a big problem out there outside their windows seeing homeless people sleeping on the streets struggling. Mm. And so it just makes sense. But because of the design, we just took it to one extra level and we revolutionized single-person camping at the same time. We had no idea it would be this successful. No idea. No mm. idea. Yeah, it's incredible. And that's the, the flip side of it. People can buy these to go camping and the profits from that then fund the fact that you give it out to homeless people. Yes, that's correct. And this is what I was going to before. We treat people the way we want to be treated. So the same product that homeless people get is the same as what we sell to the public. It's that high quality. Tape sealed seams, all those finer points. Heck, it's good enough for homeless. It's good enough for us. That's the way we want to do it. Mm. So I'm six foot five. I designed it so I would feel comfortable in it. Maybe that's why God made me tall. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> if I was shorter, it'd be smaller. I don't know. <laughs> Tony... You obviously designed it for the homeless and as a result, it's also available for camping and all the rest too. Where did your heart for the homeless begin? What gave you that initial burning passion to help them? Basically the logic that I see a problem out there. There shouldn't be a problem, but there is. Something's got to be done. So we, we did the backpack bed mm. and that was what But I how was... did you become aware of that problem? Just by looking out the window. Mm. I don't have a history of, uh, of homelessness, never been homeless, um, a great family, but uh, everybody can see what's out there, uh, whether you see one person or 10 people or 100 people, one's too many. And so, uh, you know, while I was in you know, praise and worship, I was just thinking, you know, homeless, something's got to be done about this, yeah, maybe we should give them the swag. Oh, yeah, okay, good. That, and the ideas just popped into the head. And that was it. So it was out of need. And and when now, years, years later, you know, I talk to a, a lot of leaders and um, in the charity sector, and they all say, look, something needs to be done because what's been happening in the last 50 years hasn't worked. It's like, yeah, we know it hasn't worked. And so this is maybe one of the reasons why uh, there's a lot of exponential growth happening with the backpack bed because it is practical does work. It gets people uh, back in the community quicker and uh, it allows people to be 
healthier, more dignified, and their self-esteem just goes through the roof. They mm-hmm. feel like someone cares about them. So a need was there. Something had to be done. And, uh, you know, everybody is, you know, in the community, everybody's part of the community, but somehow these guys are falling through the cracks and people in the community aren't able to, to make an impact on them. And mm-hmm. so the backpack bed hopefully will keep them alive long enough for the uh, rest of the... Uh, political powers to actually do something yeah so is that what it comes down to keeping them alive long enough but also giving them that dignity so that then they feel that they can get back into the community is that i guess the the overall aim of it yes we want all homeless to to get shelter full stop housing Mm. i mean there's a massive waiting list it's it's crazy there's people on waiting lists for two to ten years it's nuts um and it's Sometimes people in emergency scenarios are waiting up to three years. So we want to keep people alive. But you'd be surprised how quickly your mind gets into an um, emergency mode, you can call it. Um, if you've never been on the streets before, you, you go, your mind goes into a panic. Where do I go? How do I do this? Nobody gets a manual when they first you know, go on the streets, when they're kicked out of home or in an abusive situation or they can't pay the rent, all of that type of stuff. There's so many reasons why homelessness happens but we need to keep them alive and when you are in a desperate situation you lose hope very very quickly does anybody care about me i'm just on the street i've already been booted out by my my friends family or whatever or just from personal circumstances so you're already feeling down and then when you find out that there's well you're getting turned away from shelters wow what do you do then you then start looking for cardboard. Your brain starts looking for things that keep you warm. And you'd be surprised what happens to your mind when you start having to look for things just to keep you warm. Um, and there's nothing worse than talking to a person that says, look, do you know how much stress it is to think, am I going to find cardboard? We talk about our first world problems. These are people, right, I was talking to guys in Sydney about that. Am I going to find cardboard tonight? And now that they've got a backpack bed, they go, that's one stress I don't have to worry about looking for cardboard tonight. Wow. And this is, you know, can you imagine looking for cardboard again and again and again and a week after week being turned away from from accommodation and shelter? You then quickly turn into a spiral of hopelessness and despair and depression. Does anyone care about me? And then bugger it. I might as well just kill myself. Suicide. Suicide is very, very prevalent in the, in the homeless community. And those who, uh, you know, get a backpack bed, you see them. Their eyes light up. Their head goes up. Their shoulders go back. Women, men, six foot five guys crying. I've given the backpack bed to a guy who was, who was uh, booted out of accommodation because it was already full. He got beaten up. And uh, he said, Tony, I'm going to go jump on the train tracks. I said, no, you're not. Someone actually cares about you. Threw him a backpack bed. That messed up his mind. But it also messed up my mind as well because that's in the CBD and that sort of stuff just should not happen. But here we are. Welcome to Australia. We've got homeless people everywhere sleeping on cardboard, stressing about it. And, uh, yeah, we don't want people to die. We don't want suicide there. Once you're suicide, it's game over, and you're 35 times more likely, according to stats, to commit suicide. Wow. You you then start looking for things like drugs and alcohol just to take the edge off of, of the despair. Yeah.
You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Tony Clark, the founder and CEO of Backpack Bed for Homeless. And we're hearing how his innovative invention is impacting the lives of people who are homeless throughout the world. Next, Tony will share more about his heart for homeless people and how churches can make a positive impact as well. That and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with Tony Clark, the founder and CEO of Backpack Bed for Homeless. Before the break, we heard about his innovative backpack bed invention and how it's impacting the lives of people who are homeless throughout the world. Next, Tony will share more insights into the topic of homelessness and what can be done to help. Whereabouts to homeless people generally end up like you were saying about in the CBD I live in suburbia don't generally go to the CBD very often and so I got to say I don't think I really see homeless people out and about in my everyday life are they mainly in CBDs of capital cities are they in uh, smaller rural towns where do you mainly see homeless people and and what's the concentration of what you guys are doing where are you sending your resources uh, that's a, that's a very easy question, actually. Homeless people are doing it tough on the streets. They're in every community. Uh, they're in rich communities where there's multi-million dollar houses. Uh, they're in the rural areas. They're everywhere. Um, the reason being is because people are everywhere and uh, misfortune is everywhere and you know, the, the way the cards fall are everywhere. Uh, and so it's a lot of people get this conception that, okay, a lot of people in the CBD. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's where a lot of the services are. But if you can't get in the shelter, etc., a lot of the folks, they then jump back out and they go out into the outskirts and uh, back into the suburbs. Why? Because it's safer. You're not going to get beat up by some yahoos. And I talk about these examples because... In the, the Christmas period, oh, what a time of giving and joy. That's actually one of the most dangerous times for homeless folks. So they actually talk about how they can get out of the city because they don't want any trouble. They're human beings. Nobody wants to have a blue. So they get out and they go into the suburbs and they hide along the train tracks. And uh, remember, you may not see them in the suburbs, but they are there because, well, people are people. They don't want people to see that they are sleeping on the street. Yeah. So they just walk around and uh, they're just there. They might be sitting on, just sitting, standing, walking, or just looking busy. Nobody wants to be seen as a homeless person because that's part of the despair. Yeah. And so when they wear a backpack bed, it, it just looks like a backpack. And so, look, you know, I'm just a normal human being. And when I'm talking to guys, for example, who used to walk around with uh, a garbage, black garbage bag full of guess what, blankets, for what, to keep warm, they then said, you know what, I no longer have to carry that. I'm now carrying a backpack bed, I've got one blanket in the backpack bed already, and I can now go on a bus, and no one's looking at me. These are first world problems people have got. Wow. When you hear stories like that. Yeah. This this shouldn't be happening, but it is. And this is what it's all about, dignity. And you have people crying about their experiences of that. People are no longer looking at me. Wow, what's going on? This shouldn't be happening. 
but it is in all communities around Australia. Mm. It's such a relatively simple thing to just give them a bed and yet it can just be life-changing. So how do you distribute to these uh, people? How do you, I guess, deem who really needs it more than other people? Because I'm sure there's limited resources. Backpack beds, uh, we want to make sure they go to the right people. Yeah. It's a privilege to get a backpack bed. So we want to make sure that the right people get it, not just, you know, students or people down on their luck, etc. We want the right people. So to do that, we work with the welfare agencies and uh, we work with uh, 400 across Australia alone. Wow. And uh, they then do the hard yards because they're in the, in the front line. So we support them. And so not only do they find out, well, who really needs one? Because they're not like handed out like confetti because things cost money. Mm. And so to give one to a, a fellow doing it, on the, doing it tough on the street, they've got to fill in a survey. What sort of rough age are you? Well, you male, female, indigenous, etc. Did you feel safe where you were sleeping? So we do a whole heap of the survey results. You know, get, get it, capture that from that person, a bit of an instance, and then they, that survey then comes back to us. That the homeless person doing it tough on the street, they then get a backpack bed. And what that means is uh, they now connected with that agency to help them get back on their feet. And then my head starts to explode, and so does all the welfare agencies, and that's why it just keeps growing so fast. Because the same things you hear in one country, you hear it in another country. It's like, wow, I gave this fellow, a lady, a backpack bed. She's, number one, more healthier. She's actually sleeping. They're actually healthy because they're, well, healthier because they're sleeping and they're no longer uh, cold, They get and they're no longer irritable because... When you sleep on the street, it's a bit stressful there. You mm. may only get three, four hours, and you'd be surprised how loud it is if you're sleeping in certain areas. Yeah. You just can't sleep. It's difficult. Every noise that hits you, you know, you hear in the, out, in, the, in the background, is that a safety risk or something like that? You're on high stress, so you become a little bit irritable. And so when you're healthier, you're less irritable, you're more easy to work with and say, hey, let's get into a program... And not only that, a lot of welfare agencies are now repairing their reputations. Their reputations are being repaired. Wow. What do I mean by that? In the old days, look, sorry, mate, I don't, have a, I don't have any shelter for you. Here's a business card. I want you to come tomorrow. Maybe we can help you there. Wow. But it's 10 o'clock at night. It's freezing cold outside. What do you want me to do tonight? Well, I can't help you, mate. Wow. So instead of saying, I can't help you with nothing, they then give them a backpack bed and say, you know what, mate, I know your situation, but I do care. Here's a backpack bed. And that person then says, you know what, great. I understand you're trying. I understand there's nothing available, but at least you've given me something so I'm not going to freeze to death tonight. So they walk away. That makes it easier. Mm -hmm. So when you're turned away from shelters empty-handed or from an agency empty-handed that may not have the ability to even help them, which is another critical point. Not all, not all agencies can give shelter just on the you know, click of the fingers. It's very difficult. So, but at least you can do that. And so some agencies have you know, some dropped the ball a little bit and uh, now they're repairing. It also comes with a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of churches as well when they go out there and they, they try to witness, etc. They talk to homeless folks, etc. And you talk to homeless folks and, and they just have a good cackle. 
because these guys from churches or agencies or whatever have come out and they felt really good by having a bit of a yarn to them. But then they walked away. That homeless person still got nothing in his hands. Mm. He still goes to freeze to death that night. Tony, you're handing out quite a few of these every year. What's the figure? How many do you hand out? Well, last year, for example, we handed out 4,000. Wow. But unfortunately, that's about 10% of what we really need. Now, if we look at some statistics, and of course the government would never lie to us, uh, apparently there's going to be 40,878 that are going to sleep on the street this year. Wow. According to ABS figures. And again, the government wouldn't lie. So who knows what the real figures are, but we, we know there are a lot more. So when we talk about, yeah, we handed out 4,000, great, 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 that's about 10%. Does anyone know what 36,000 people look like? Does anyone that's know what 4,000 people look like? Huge. Yeah. Each individual person. Wow. Each yeah. within its own story. Each has a crisis. Each cold at night. A backpack bed. We're 36,000 short. We actually need 4.2 million to give one backpack bed to every homeless person for an entire year in Australia. That'd be wow. great. What an amazing story that'd be. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Well, you're well on the way, though. Like you were saying, the growth has been exponential, but uh, there are obviously plenty of people that are still missing out as well. You're obviously passionate about homeless people. It's something that God has put in you and you're doing everything you can to reach out to them and help them out. What can Christians do apart from buying backpack beds? How do we need to change our attitudes and the things that we're actually doing, both individually and as a church? Mm, That's a fascinating question. I get inspired with what I see. And what I see is small churches, small life groups doing incredible things when I was in the States the backpack beds now set up the charity is now set up in, in the States in Nashville Tennessee as an example and while I was there and we're handing out backpack beds and, and doing great campaigns there I met an incredible man and uh, it's a program called Room at the Inn they've got over 150 churches and multi-denominations all working together as a team. And all these churches, they go out and they pick up homeless people in a certain area and they drive them back to the church, put them on a blow-up mattress, have good conversation during dinner, let them all go to bed, let them have a shower in the morning, feed them breakfast, give them a packed lunch, and they do that. 150 churches plus. Wow. In Nashville, Tennessee. Now... When I think about an idea like that, I go, wow, 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 because that's more beds, because there's not a lot of shelters for everybody, because there's still 2,000 people sleeping on the street every night in Nashville, Tennessee, but at least there's so many others that have been sleeping in these major, massive churches, and all these churches could put to shame a lot of the big churches in Australia. They've all got the, the super disco stuff. They've all got the expensive equipment, etc. But homeless, they are very protective. They are so incredibly grateful. And the impact that's being made on their lives is just incredible. And then I think, wow, we're on this planet to do two things. We're on this planet to spread the word of God and to help the needy, which is Jesus' best mates. And so when I think about a community, how do we make an impact on our community? Do we want to be famous with our church for our praise and worship team? Or do we want to be famous for our 
humanitarian efforts. Wow. Because the only people who care about your praise and worship are the, the people inside the church. But what about the people outside the church? To get the people into the church, you have to be humane. You have to be famous for that. And unfortunately, I can think of lots of examples elsewhere, but unfortunately my heart's breaking in Australia. So I challenge churches, be famous for humanitarian reasons because there's people right outside your door sleeping there. Tony, an incredible thing that you're doing and I love the passion that you have for the people in your community and uh, I think it's something that we all need to learn a lesson from. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us this morning. God bless and thank you so much, Shelley. Let's just change the world, one church at a time, one community at a time across Australia. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with Tony Clark, the founder and CEO of Backpack Bed for Homeless. If you want to find out more about Backpack Beds, just go to swags.org.au. There's heaps of information there. You can buy your own backpack bed there, particularly if you're into camping and that sort of thing, or you can also donate one. You can just pay for one and have it go to a homeless person. Once again, that's swags.org.au. What a fantastic idea and a practical way of helping others. As the Bible says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. That's from Hebrews chapter 13. Well, thanks for joining us for the story of the backpack bed for homeless. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Over the last 50 years, the church has just been exploding exponentially in China. There was around about a million Christians in the early 1950s in China, and through these last 50 years, the church has been under intense persecution, but that has just made it grow even greater. And now there's reports of the church being at over 100 million believers. We hear a lot of stories about what is happening regarding Christianity in China, and it's hard to know which ones are accurate. Well, an Australian missionary named James has been there for over five years, and he'll share his story as well as give us a first-hand account of how the Lord is moving in that country. That and more next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.